0: Well, one of Canada's most noted civil rights lawyers has passed away. Clayton Ruby died Tuesday afternoon surrounded by his family, his law firm said today, calling him a dedicated advocate for human rights, a champion of the underdog and a loving friend. The federal justice minister, David Lametti also wrote on social media that his decades of principled advocacy have left an indelible mark on our justice system and on Canadian society. Ruby was involved in several landmark cases over the decades, representing abortion advocate Dr. Henry Morgenthaler, the surviving Dion Quince in their fight against the Ontario government for compensation, Guy Paul Morin, who was exonerated in 1995 after being convicted of the murder of Christine Jessup. One of the cases he took on that would perhaps have the greatest impact despite never actually going to trial was that of a young Canadian Armed Forces officer named Michelle Douglas. She had been subjected to days of interrogation, and in 1989, honorably discharged for being deemed, quote, not advantageously employable due to homosexuality. She fought back, and with Ruby's help, her legal challenge brought an end to formal discrimination against LGBT members of the military 30 years ago this year. Here's Clayton Ruby discussing the outcome a few years ago. After years of struggle, um, when we got to the courtroom door, uh, the armed forces and the government of Canada Through John de Chastelin, admitted quite openly at that point that uh, there had been discrimination against gays and lesbians in the armed forces, that it was unconstitutional and wrong, and he gave the order that it was to stop. And it has stopped, to your credit, and I think we're all grateful for that. Uh, There was a court order, but there was a military order too. A late Clayton Ruby there speaking about this very case a few years ago. Uh, Michelle went on to become a well known LGBTQ activist and a recipient of the Queen's Diamond Jubilee Medal in 2012. She now leads an organization called the Purge Fund. And Michelle Douglas joins me now from Ottawa. Thank you so much for your time tonight.
1: Good to be with you, Ben.
0: A sad day, I guess, for Canadians in general.
1: Well, it sure is. Uh, I think a lot of us are reflecting on the the man and the loss, um, and uh, certainly a very sad day for me. Um, he was someone for me who uh, really changed my life. So, yeah, I'm just thinking about his family and and some memories. Yeah, to, to,
0: perhaps to remind listeners back to when you were 23, you were you know newly in the military, a, dr- a job that you had you know dreamed of doing and then found yourself subject to to what could only be described now as almost unthinkable discrimination, but but written in policy. Tell me a bit about how you came to meet Clayton Ruby and what the journey that, draw, that brought you there.
1: Well, you're right. I was uh, a young officer in the Canadian Armed Forces. I was so proud to serve Canada, but uh, I also found myself subjected to some very intense interrogations and Um, Really systemic, I think, forms of discrimination against LGBT folks. I happened to be a lesbian and was fired ultimately in the Canadian Armed Forces in 1989 under the dismissal code of being not advantageously employable due to homosexuality. And um, that was pretty devastating. Uh, I wasn't sure what to do, but I knew that was very wrong what had happened to me. And I was, um, I met the first openly gay member of parliament in Canada, a man by the name of Sven Robinson. Um, And he said, I know a lawyer who could help you. And and I was put in contact with Clayton Ruby. And really that started in 1989 or so, um, you know, a decades long relationship with him and he represented me in my fight against the military.
0: How important was it then? Uh, I, I guess the, the better question is how how alone did you feel at the at once this happened, and how much was the support of people like Sven Robinson and Clayton Ruby? How important was it for you to be able to 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 fight the fight that you fought?
1: Yeah, you're right. I I was really alone. I was pretty shattered. Um, I had uh, you know felt quite um, humiliated and shamed um, simply for being the officer that I was and who I am. Um, And, but I knew what was wrong. Uh, And I, when I met Clay Ruby, he talked to me about the facts of my case. And, you know, he said, so Michelle, what will it be? Will you take this on? Is it yes or no? Do you want to proceed? And I remember in that moment, kind of a pivotal life moment. And I said, yes. And he really stood by me he and I should add um his his partner in life Harriet Sachs also a lawyer and and later a judge um you know and and Clay was there for me he was kind and supportive and I think really saw me as as quite vulnerable which I was at the time and was very caring about explaining you know the journey I was going to go through I Listen, I was so naive, naive at the time. I thought I might even be able to bring a lawsuit uh, anonymously, and he he gently, you know, told me, okay, so that wouldn't be on. But he he did really um, respect me and, and guide me in the process, uh, and was the kind of uh, advocate I needed. And wow, was he a force for me? I'll tell you.
0: So listeners know, I mean, you were you were fired. Um, under these policies, but many, many of your fellow service members were were living a very uh, difficult life in the military if they were gay.
1: Well, you're right. And uh, what I didn't know at the time back in 1989, when I was fired, is that I was just part of something that was much, much bigger, something we call today, the LGBT purge. This was a matter of policy that uh, members of the Canadian Armed Forces, they used to stay say that you could still consider serving if you were LGBT, but um, you would never get a promotion, never pay raise, uh, never a posting, no more training. And that was codified, that was written down in the books in the military. And so I now know that um, along with what I experienced, we think up to 9,000 other folks who served in the military, RCMP and public service experienced this purge. It was so fundamentally uh, wrong. And I think most folks hearing this today would say, wow, is that ever un-Canadian? We did nothing wrong. We just wanted to serve our country, but we were treated very, very badly.
0: And yet you had, um, I mean, you fought this fight. Obviously, you were the one who had to put your name and, and your reputation out there when you decided to go ahead with this lawsuit. But having allies, having people who can support you, obviously, was important. And I, I guess, you know, Sven Robertson, you mentioned, but Clayton Ruby as well. And and, and the idea that this was fundamentally wrong, um, he he built quite the case for you. I mean, I guess you had you you won hands down, right?
1: Well, that's right. Um, this was an early Charter of Rights and, and Freedoms case. Um, we we brought this lawsuit against the federal um, uh, government and against the military by saying, you know, this is fundamentally against the Charter of Rights. And uh, so it was an early case that, that came forward. And by 1992, On the eve of what was to be a three-week trial, and were we ready, I remember Clayton Ruby being so incredibly well prepared, and really, in many ways, pretty keen to take on the overt discrimination, uh, you know, being perpetrated by the military. Um, On the night before the trial was to commence, the, uh, the Canadian Armed Forces settled out of court with us. They ended the policy. They uh, restored all of the rank and pay to all those who had been subjected to the policy, and they financially compensated me as well. The moment uh, changed my life, really, and I have Clay Ruby to thank for that and so many others that were there with me, folks like Sven Robinson, Harriet Sachs, and, and many others. Do you remember that phone call? Well, I do, actually. Um, I was in Toronto uh, preparing for the case, and uh, I was incredibly nervous. And, and um, Clay told me that, you know, we didn't have to go to court, but that we anyway to have the judge formally endorse the, the decision of the settlement. And that happened. So that, that was now 1992, October 1992, which for folks listening, they, they'll realize that was 30 years ago. 30 years ago, the policy of um, LGBT folks being able to serve in the military um, was uh, was finally open um, and people could serve if they were qualified. And that's the basis that folks should be able to um, serve. Uh, so yeah, it was a huge moment and it was Clayton Ruby who who led the legal fight. And so here I I'm grateful for him and acknowledging him and remembering him. Um, He changed the lives of so many people. And I'm hearing from many of them today to reflect on, on those days.
0: I guess this half hour is Michelle Douglas. Uh, she was uh, really the, the plaintiff uh, in, a, in a lawsuit filed by Clayton Ruby, the late Clayton Ruby. We're talking about his passing today at the age of 80, perhaps one of Canada's most noted human rights lawyers, and and the impact that this case had on what was known as the as, as a purge of, uh, of LGBTQ uh, or LGBT members of the Canadian military. And a case that he took up, uh, Michelle was the was the plaintiff, and together, uh, Michelle particularly, but together, they helped end what had been uh, a very long and discriminatory, discriminatory policy in the Canadian military and sort of changed the military for many, uh, for LGBT members uh, across the country, for the better, obviously. When we come back, just a bit more about Clayton Ruby's legacy, what's being remembered today, and just what you've done since, because I know you didn't go back to the military, but you've had a uh, an incredible career nonetheless. So we'll We'll talk about that after this. Michelle Douglas is with us uh, from Ottawa this half hour. We're talking about the life and legacy of Clayton Ruby, uh, a lawyer who she worked with, uh, one of Canada's most noted human rights lawyers who passed away today. Uh, he represented uh, Michelle in what is one of the most land- a landmark case against the Canadian military for decades of a written policy of discrimination against uh, LGBT, LGBT members of the military, and, and how uh, they settled out of court right before the trial was meant to begin, and just how much of a change and really an earth-shifting change that was uh, that precipitated both thanks to Michelle. Uh, Clayton Ruby and many others. Uh, What have you been hearing today from people uh, who've reached out to you? What are are you talking about? What are your memories? And what is his legacy in your eyes?
1: Well, you know, he stood up for uh, folks who needed uh, great advocacy. Um, And, you know, I, I remember thinking at the time, how can I possibly as one person stand up against the military? But, you know, I uh, having him by your side and the person who would advocate for you and 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 talk about the absurdity of these policies, um, I knew it was at least a fair fight, and as it turned out i I know that the other side then you know the military uh, realized it too. Um, what an incredible advocate, and people today that i 'm talking to are just just being incredibly grateful for uh, someone of his stature that would, would come and help us, that would be there for us, that would um, really unleash all of the um, incredible skills that he had to to really highlight the absurdity of, of policies that were discriminatory and, and pretty oppressive. And, you know, he was so well prepared. I remember those days about how he, he prepared for that trial. And so we're just thinking about you know, what it's like to have someone stand up for you and be there and to help you seek justice. Uh, I think gratitude and just sadness that he's, that he's gone
0: i was saying that i remember the first time i went to interview him knowing his reputation and even as a young reporter how intimidating it was because he was always so you you just knew you couldn't slip up around around clayton ruby because he would uh, he would correct you pretty quickly if you hadn't done your homework um so much as i mean the legacy of that case continues to this day you continue that work um you've talked about how that day changed your life what since? it's been 30 years it feels like a long time ago and yet it's still very modern in, in Canadian history, uh, you know, the, the ending of that of that standing policy of discrimination.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Clay uh, was very um, supportive of of uh, my development, really, as a leader from that case. And he encouraged me, you know, be there for others, Michelle, he'd say, and, and you know, stand up. You can do that. And he would give me that kind of encouragement. Um, And I have done that. I I, um, really launched um, uh, like 30 years now of activism where I'm trying to um, bring about change and support those uh, uh, also on a journey for justice. I now lead an organization that represents and and advocates for um, people who experience that LGBT purge. We're working on reconciliation efforts. We're building the LGBTQ2S National Monument, collecting historical records, Uh, things I never imagined I'd do when I was a very frightened um, and pretty intimidated person back in the late 80s and early 90s when my case was happening. Um, But I, you know, it started something back then, and that's really belief in myself and and that others would join uh, and I could work with folks to, to seek change. And I think um, my, my friendship over 30 years with um, Clay Ruby and, and his family, um, you know, has been part of that journey for me. Uh, he often would call about, you know, and tell me about things that were happening and, you know, maybe I could step in as well. And, and so, um, yeah, it's a sad day, but a reflective day, I guess, for me at the moment.
0: So he, you kept in touch all these years. The, the case was that important to uh, to both of you, I guess.
1: It was. I know it meant a lot to him. And I've uh, spoken to uh, a former colleague of his uh, in the last hours, and uh, we were reflecting on it. I know the case meant a lot to him. He was very proud of it. And um, he, yeah, I think he would have many cases that he could reflect on, but he he, he did talk about his pride in the case and, and the importance for him. And um, you know what can I say except that he, the memory of having someone fight so hard for me means he did change my life. And, um, and I know many, many hundreds of others who were experiencing that kind of discrimination. He led the argument that ended discrimination by policy and it had lots of consequential effect. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a 30 year legacy right there. And while he's gone now, that will certainly outlive him. And I'm trying to do the work that will outlive me too. And so in many ways, it's drawing inspiration from, from those legal giants of the past um, that have uh, paved the way.
0: Do you ever look back and think, if only the military—I mean, the military did recognize your talents, right? Uh, they just didn't didn't want to make room for for the for the person that you were. Do you ever look back with any regret on the fact that you probably could have been a fine had a fine career in the military as well?
1: Well, I I do lament that at times. You know, I wanted to serve in that way, but in the end, I know I've still found a way to to serve my country in a way that I'm really proud of. I I had a long career in in the public service. But I've never left the advocacy either and the activism and i and I continue to do that now on a full-time basis um, and because I've seen the the trauma the effects of of policy by you know discrimination by policy and I'm trying to help both the government and and survivors of that time um, uh, you know uh, try to reconcile with with what happened and uh, the government's doing a much better job and people are healing from that time. But there's still a journey on both sides that's required and I'm trying to encourage it. So um, uh, that's that's uh, an honour to do that work and um, working with some incredible people who are finding the courage to to stand up and to to challenge existing and ongoing um, areas where, where things aren't, aren't going as well as they could
0: as you found the courage uh, more than 30 years ago. Now, Michelle Douglas, thank you so much for sharing your story with me tonight.
1: My pleasure.